0: week we're going to get into sleep training adults as it were last week we talked about sleep training kids so now we're going to learn how to sleep train ourselves which i don't know maybe it's easier maybe it's harder you decide for yourself and one of the things that we have talked about over and over and over and in case we haven't said it enough sleep really, really matters. It really,
1: really matters. Yes. Lack of sleep, you know, and disrupted sleep cause all sorts of emotional health problems and physical health problems. The outset, I'm going to give the name of a guy. If you want to follow up and get some more information, kind of state of the art research on this, the guy's name is Matthew Walker. Okay. And he is a professor of neurobiology and psychology at University of California, Berkeley. Now, if you were to go onto YouTube and look for him, you're going to find a lot of different things that, what do you call them? They're not podcasts, but whatever, video Mm -hmm. games. But the one that I think, it's a shorter one, it's like uh, eight minutes, 10 minutes, and it's called How to Improve Your Sleep. And it's just him talking, whereas a lot of them, he's doing these sessions with other people and some of them go hour and a half, two hours, and they get into the really fine points of the biology of what, why we sleep and how we, you know, how we sleep. And so if people are interested in that, he's going to be a really good source. But this one called How to Improve Your Sleep, I think, is really helpful.
0: Okay. Yeah, absolutely. And I think this is a good episode because it's probably an area where everyone could improve on, or most people could probably improve on to some extent. And I know last week for me was a good reminder of turning screens off an hour before you go to bed, at least. I think that's one of the simplest and easiest things that you can do.
1: Actually, it's really hard for people to do that, because we're so addicted to it. You know, it's the thing we use. And a lot of people think of it in terms of winding down,
2: yeah. but
1: it's the light. It's the, that specific type of light that um, is really bothersome. So, you know, throughout this episode that we're doing right now, I'll be going over some of those things that Matthew Walker talks about. Mm-hmm. But I think that it's a national problem, the yes. lack of sleep and what I call disrupted sleep. That's the mm-hmm. term I would use yeah. uh, when I'm talking to people and in my office as mm-hmm. we look at disruptive sleep. And one of the first things we look at always is what's called sleep hygiene. Mm-hmm. And when I, when we use that term, a lot of people, because they think of hygiene in different ways. But yep. So here's what, at least for me, what sleep hygiene is. And you can add anything that you might have for this. But I, I always ask them, do you have a cool room? Because okay. we, we tend to sleep better when it's cooler. The temperature anywhere from like 66, 67, 68... I tend to be really sensitive. Like I can tell the difference between like if it's 68 or 70, I can feel that difference. at oh, night. Me too. I wouldn't be able to feel it during the day, yeah. but when I'm trying to sleep, I can. And so we tend to do better when it's cool.
2: Mm-hmm. Uh,
1: quiet. Is your room quiet or is there a lot of noise? I remember years ago when we were building this house that we're in, we lived down in the city in Salt Lake City on a street that was fairly busy mm-hmm. and I could not believe how noisy it was in the middle of the night. Traffic and sirens. So quiet is really important. Mm -hmm. Dark. Is your room dark enough? For instance, our room that we have now wasn't quite dark enough. And so we had these, you can get, you know, light drapes. Blackout curtains. Blackout drapes. Those are, I mean, easily installed. We got these Mm -hmm. cool shades that come down, the blackout shades that uh, come down every night. So you want it to be dark. Comfortable mattress. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's something that a lot of people don't realize is so important because if you're getting uncomfortable in the night and it's waking you up or you're tossing and turning and to, to find a comfortable mattress, I think it's kind of hard. Yeah. I think it's, I think it's one of the harder things to do. Then the last thing that I think falls in sleep hygiene is what I call routine mm-hmm. and, you know, in all the things I've listened to, Routine is really important, and we'll go into more detail on what the routine can be or what that looks like. But we are creatures that thrive on routine Mm -hmm. and structure. And so I don't know if you have anything to add to that idea of sleep hygiene.
0: The only thing I would add is you can't put a price on a good night's sleep. And Mm -hmm. I think I agree that the mattress can be the hardest one to find. And so I know a lot of mattresses, particularly ones that you can buy online, a lot of, you know, big names like uh, Purple, Nectar, those kind of mattresses, they mm-hmm. offer a like a free 100-day trial. Right. And, I, and I know with Purple, because my parents tried Purple and they didn't like it, and they came and they removed it for them free of charge.
1: I've heard that about Purple. But, yeah. Because you know, I thought, you know, they've got pretty good marketing. I thought it was, uh, might be an interesting mattress, but I don't know that I've actually run into anybody who's liked it. I have three identical mattress, or maybe I have four. Mm-hmm. Uh, in the different places that I sleep uh, like they have a cabin and another place uh, that we go to and they're from Costco mm-hmm. and they're called Novaform I think
0: oh, okay yeah
1: but I'm a side sleeper mm-hmm. and these are specific or that they have a brand a part of Novaform that are specific mm-hmm. to side sleepers and why do I like those mattresses they're mm-hmm. really great mattresses
0: Interesting. Yeah, I might. I'm a side sleeper, too. But I mean, Curtis is an all over the place sleeper. Mm -hmm. Okay, another sleep hygiene tip for married couples or couples living together. Use your own blankets. (laughs) I I remember when I first got married, I had a friend say that she didn't share a blanket at night with her husband. And I was like, oh, that sounds so sad. And now I'm like, why did I ever attempt to share a blanket? Because you end up fighting over blankets the entire time. Just use your own blankets.
1: Well, so we have separate blankets, but Lindy uses, and this is something that people might be interested in, the heavy, the weighted blankets. Have you heard I, that
0: I love my weighted blanket.
1: Oh, it, it makes me claustrophobic. Anyway, oh, okay. the, the weight, so I can't use it, mm-hmm. uh, but she does and we get along fine. I mean, half the bed's got this weighted blanket and that thing is so heavy, it does not move anywhere in the, yeah. <laughs> in the night because, yeah. it, 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 you know, it really helps her sleep. So I think that, you know, before we leave sleep hygiene, that is the very first thing that I would suggest to people who are having some difficulty with their sleep is you've got to check those things and solve those issues first and foremost. Otherwise, you know, you could do any of these other things that we're going to suggest. And if your room is too hot or if it's not dark enough or if it's noisy, it doesn't matter what you do. So you have to take care of the sleep hygiene issue first.
0: Yeah. Fans, I've heard, can also be helpful.
1: Well, we have a humidifier. And okay. so it's the white its the white noise.
0: Right. And, yep.
1: And, and so you can get white noise any number of ways, but fans mm-hmm. are certainly a way to do it. But, you know, Utah is very dry. Mm-hmm. And so we just solve two problems. You know, we have yep. the white noise plus the humidifier going. And I think I may have mentioned this before, but if you get used to a fan sleeping, mm-hmm. it's really hard to not sleep with a fan so yes. if you travel you kind of have to figure out how do you take some and like an app i mean there can be apps that are, right. will, will solve the problem mm-hmm. but just be aware that if you travel and you don't have your fan at home you know get an app that will simulate a fan
0: mm-hmm. yeah another thing that i'd like to bring up to help with sleep hygiene is you can turn the blue light filter off on your smartphone
1: and what does that do tell me about that
0: I don't know. It makes your phone kind of a funky color, <laughs> so I mean, and, is, that,
1: is that better than for you? Because yes. I haven't, heard, I've not heard that before.
0: We talked about this last week with Sierra. The blue light is what electronic devices emit, and okay. what that does is that sends a signal to our brain that it's morning, okay. and so and so turning the turning off the blue light or turning on the blue light filter. I don't know. I don't know any of the research or any of the data. I just know that it's an option. So okay. and you you can even set it on a timer. So the blue light on my phone automatically shuts off at nine o'clock every night. My screen changes at nine o'clock, and I'm thinking I might I need to move it up earlier because I try to go to bed at like ten. So I'm thinking well, I'm, I might... gonna look,
1: I'm gonna look into that. That's interesting to me that you you have that option.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, and I just, I have a Samsung phone, you know, Mm -hmm. I don't know what it's like with Apple, but I'm sure Apple has the same thing. Well, that's Um, good.
1: That's good to know for people who have trouble putting down their phone. At least what you can do is change the light so it doesn't affect your eyes. Okay, Mm -hmm. that's good. Good to know.
0: Yeah, yeah. So let's talk about what age you can start developing sleep hygiene. And I mean, we talked about with Sierra last week, the importance of establishing a good routine, and, you know, kind of starting things at the same time with kids, which is a form of sleep hygiene. You know, yes. routine habits in your sleep routines are going to change. So, what age is a good age to start your own personal sleep hygiene?
1: They do change the sleep needs. And so, these are very, really general numbers, but teenagers generally need eight to 10 hours of sleep. And anything less than seven, mm-hmm. it would be considered a problem. Adults up to about age 64, or 65 need about seven to nine. Mm -hmm. And anything less than six would be a problem. And then adults over the age of 65, that's where I fall, seven to eight. So it's slightly less.
2: Mm -hmm. Uh,
1: Anything less than five is a problem. When we're younger, at least this was the case for me, it was always pretty easy to fall asleep and I I didn't have any trouble. It was, you know, waking up in the middle of the night. And it's only since uh, maybe from 50, age 50, 55 on that it's been an issue. That I've had to really focus, and I—I I think I mentioned this to you last week when we were talking about this episode. That I went through fairly recently in the last month some fairly disrupted sleep that was mm-hmm. really hard. I went through by maybe four or five nights where I thought I was going to go crazy, you know, yeah. with the lot of sleep, and so that's where. I really got interested in looking like listening to Matthew Walker and and others about what you can do to really change your sleep or to, you know, to re-regulate it. That's what Mm -hmm. I would say. And I think you can. So from my experience, you have to try different things. And so in answer to your question, when do you start having a routine? I think a routine is good at any point. Mm -hmm. I think when you're younger, You probably don't need as much of a routine. I think you'd probably need to be more aware of getting enough sleep. Mm -hmm. And, you know, everything that I have read or heard on sleep is you can't really make it up. Um, Okay. Now, and, and Matthew Walker talks about this in a slightly different way, that if you go throughout a week and you are somewhat sleep deprived, and if you sleep more on the weekend... That is helpful. You can't ever really get back to what it should have been had you had, you know, five days of really good sleep. But Mm -hmm. the idea of making up sleep, like by sleeping more, it's not true, not accurate. So, so napping
0: isn't napping doesn't matter.
1: Well, no, I think that's different because you're doing (laughs) that during the day. I mean, there's a lot Uh. of there's some research that says that napping is actually pretty beneficial and. There's some research that shows like for improving memory Mm -hmm. and for knowledge retention that often uh, you don't want to nap for too long. I think the time that a lot of people talk about is around 30 minutes. And so if you get a good 30-minute nap during the day, at least the last thing I've heard about that is it can be pretty beneficial. Mm -hmm. But in that way, you aren't acquiring the sleep deficit over a number of days. Mm -hmm. That's how I think it's different. Okay. So I don't think there's anything wrong with napping. And I haven't heard any of these people say that napping is uh, detrimental. The only time that I think napping becomes a problem is if you do it too late. Like, in fact, I had a client, my last client of the day, we were talking about his sleep. If he comes home and sleeps at five after work, takes a nap.
0: That's not good.
1: It's not good because it then disrupts his sleep. He's not going to go to sleep. And so, and we talked about if you know, if if there's any way you can have the nap earlier during the day, then I think that'd be beneficial.
0: Yeah. I remember through you know, the postpartum years with my kids, I was a morning napper. And let me tell you, if napping were a profession, like if I could make a career out of napping, oh, I'd be rich.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. But I bet you found it very beneficial. Oh,
0: Well, with my last child, it was essential because he was such a horrendous sleeper. And, you know, I would typically nap in the morning, you know, like or try to sleep when the baby sleeps and, you know, that kind of thing. So I I think you also need to look at the context of your life and, you know, what's going on, because there are certainly times or nights and even still, he's still not a great sleeper and he's two and a half. There's still nights where I'm like, yeah, I'm definitely taking a nap tomorrow.
1: Right. And you're right about context of your life because for a lot of people, they, you know, because of their work situation or whatever it is, they aren't able Mm -hmm. to nap. But I think if you had some lack of sleep or disrupted sleep and you are able to nap, I think that's a good thing to do.
0: Yeah. I think I probably fall into the category of napping too long.
1: (laughs) Well, the only thing I've heard about that is it may you know, inhibit your ability to fall asleep at night and it also makes you kind of groggy, you know, if you go too long. Before we leave the kind of sleep through the lifespan, Mm -hmm. what happens throughout the lifespan is we have certainly medication can affect sleep. And so if you have some disrupted sleep, you'd want to check that out either with a pharmacist or your physician just to say, does this medication cause any sleep disruption Mm -hmm. because often, you know, this has always been a thing that bugs me. Doctors often don't tell you what the side effects are going to be. And they may even know that there are some sleep issues. I just wish they'd say, you know, Mm -hmm. you may experience this. Anyway, that, so medication, I think as we age, our hormones change. As we age, we produce less melatonin and less growth hormone. I think also we get into bad habits staying Mm -hmm. up late less exercise uh, naps maybe during the day health issues and then as you get even older dementia Mm -hmm. uh, diabetes is one thing that may cause it uh, some sleep disruption chronic pain issues Mm. are also there that's that's more as we age but there are certainly people who are younger you know midlife who have those chronic pain issues and so with that I mean, certainly you need to be working with a doctor on those chronic pain issues, but I think meditation, when we did our episode on meditation, I don't know that we talked uh, much about chronic pain, but there's certainly a lot of good evidence that meditative practices are helpful with chronic pain, Mm -hmm. which would then be helpful for sleep issues.
0: I've also heard, and it makes total sense that meditating right before you go to bed can be extremely Beneficial. I mean, because if you're relaxed, you're going to sleep better.
1: Right. And so there are a number of things you can do that way. For instance, I think I mentioned Lindy has trouble falling asleep. And so she uses Headspace. Now, Headspace mm-hmm. is one of those meditative apps that we've talked about. And within Headspace, it, there's a subpart called Headspace Sleep. And so she uses that every single night. And because some people do have trouble falling asleep. But the thing that I want listeners to understand is there are so many different products out there that one could use to help fall asleep that you have mm-hmm. to do the, your homework yep. to find yep. out what, is, what it is that works for you because the headspace sleep may not be the thing that works for you. For some people, it's just having like the they set their phone app to rainfall or something mm-hmm. like that, which is a distracting noise. But there are so many different things that help us fall asleep. If that's your trouble, then do some homework and find something that really works for you. See, I think that what I learned in my, you know, search to re-regulate my sleep
0: mm-hmm. is
1: that you have to try things out Yeah, and realize that you have to be active. You can't be passive in this. Yep. You can't just wake up every morning and say, wow, I had a terrible night again. Really do something about it. There is a lot of good information out there and we just have to act on it. I think that, you know, the meditation, it helps us calm down because often what happens is our our mind spins, mm-hmm. right, with whatever, something's happened during the day, or we might even be worried about something that we're going to do tomorrow. And so one of the things that a meditative practice will do at night is to help clear your mind.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And it's also important to consider stress factors in your life and how that is yes. going to... Affect your sleep. So, when I was in my second semester of college, it was shortly after Curtis and I got engaged. And I, you know, it was a very exciting time of, in my life and I had a whole lot of fun with it, but it was also very, very stressful. And the way my body decided to handle that stress was insomnia. And, oh, it was awful. I mean, I would go to sleep at a normal time and I'd wake up at like four o'clock in the morning and not be able to go back to sleep. And this was going on for like for several, it went on for several nights. And, you know, I went to the doctor and like, well, just try something over the counter, try melatonin. And I said, yeah, no, I mean, even that wasn't working. I mean, I would get just a few hours of sleep at night. And then the problem is, is I'd go to class. And I'd sit here be trying desperately not to fall asleep during class, and so it got to the point that they put me on Ambien. Oh, so how did that work for you? It worked really well. It was helpful. I didn't need to be on it long term. Um, okay. You know, it was just to to kind of re regulate mm-hmm. my sleep is what it was. Because I oh I've heard stories of of Ambien, and oh. you know it can be a very dangerous medication. And thankfully it worked really well, just enough to re regulate myself. And shortly after that, I ended up going home for summer break. Curtis and I ended up driving back to Washington to my parents' house. And that also made a huge difference, like going back home and sleeping Mm -hmm. in in the house I grew up in. That was also, you know, that really helped re-regulate my sleep. So I think there are, are instances, and it's certainly good to be aware that sometimes added stress in your life or a big change can cause insomnia. And when it does Man, talk to your doctor because yeah. don't... Yeah, get some help. Yeah. Don't
1: just suffer through it. Get some help. But you're right about looking at your life and what are the stress issues and is there anything you can do about those stress issues? Mm-hmm. You mentioned melatonin. I just want to say something about melatonin. Yes. A lot of people misunderstand what how to use melatonin. Melatonin is help, helps us fall asleep. It does not help you stay asleep. Yes. And the research is pretty clear that you don't need a lot. It's less than a gram. It's like okay. half a gram or less that you that, that is really helpful because you'll see they'll sell five milligram or five, I can't, five milligram thing or five grams. Mm-hmm. Anyway, big pills of melatonin. And that's not that helpful. It okay. It doesn't do anything for you and it doesn't help you stay asleep.
0: Right. I've heard the people using it to regulate their sleep. For example, if someone's working a night shift. Yes,
1: because it helps you fall asleep.
0: Yes. Yeah. Because yeah, melatonin, our body naturally produces mm-hmm. melatonin. And so it's. And less
1: so as we age. But, but yes, it can be helpful. I'm just saying, if you're thinking you're using melatonin to help you stay asleep, yeah. That's inaccurate. You're using melatonin to help you fall asleep. And, and that, is, that is what it does.
0: And I think that was part of it too, is I would have a really hard time falling asleep. Yeah. You know, as well and I was trying melatonin anyways and it just it got to the point where they're like yeah we're gonna give you some Ambien and I know that a lot of people they'll use other sleep aids like uh quil is a really popular one and I'm not sure it says it's natural and I, it's alcohol free and it's non-habit forming so I don't know what's in it but I guess you could maybe play around with substances like that. But I would definitely talk to your doctor. And I would also be cautious of people who use things like NyQuil or things like that long term. Yeah, because I think
1: that's not good for your body. Why don't we talk about some things that we can do yeah. that are helpful for sleep. So I've got this list of things. And a lot of this is like, you'll find this on Matthew, his podcast, but also I've done a lot of research for my own thing. And I'll tell you what I've done. One is I created a routine mm-hmm. and I was, I was so tired that I was going to bed fairly early and everything that I've read indicates that if you can stretch that out a little bit. So I go to bed at 10, mm-hmm. but I try and go to bed at 10 every night. Mm-hmm and i'm I'm pretty religious about it because i I like the routine, and it seems to work well for me. yeah, and so I do that. And then also uh, some other things that you can do, you want to increase your serotonin. And we know that carbohydrates do that. And so okay. if you have carbohydrate, something carbohydrate, like two hours before you go to bed, that can also be helpful.
0: Okay. Now the
1: routine that I hit on is very specific. Because the carbohydrates I use are triscuits. You know, okay, triscuits are crackers, but they're only mm-hmm. they only have wheat, water, and salt in them. I think. Okay, I mean, yeah, there's nothing else in them, but you need to link it with some protein, or and I think it's the protein that helps it to enter into the brain. And so I have like a half glass of milk, so I have mm-hmm. this milk and, and triscuits about eight o'clock at night, and that has really worked for me. Okay, then the other thing I do is I walk. Now, this is not exercise. I wouldn't consider this exercise. I would just consider it taking a stroll. But I use a treadmill just because, you know, it's wintertime here in Utah and it's cold and sometimes snowy and icy. Mm -hmm. So every night, about a half hour after dinner, I will then take what I call a gentle stroll on the treadmill for 30 minutes as well. And so there's a lot of evidence that just having some sort of gentle activity at night yeah. before bed. You don't want to raise your heart rate. I really want to emphasize that. This is okay. not about exercising hard. Okay. And it's not that you're getting your heart rate up. It's just some move, the movement somehow, maybe it's increasing blood flow a little bit is really helpful. Mm-hmm. So those are the things that I've used. I have this pretty strict routine and it's been really good. I've re-regulated my sleep. But for for people, here's a list of things to do getting morning light is really critical when you wake up okay you know open the curtains don't sit in the dark go outside walk the dog do do something but morning exposure to light helps reset the body clock okay it helps our circadian rhythm and it actually will make it easier for you to fall asleep at night I think getting exercise. We've certainly talked about the importance of exercise. Now, this is the exercise during the day.
0: Yes, yeah. This is
1: not the walking at night. So, good aerobic exercise. Get your body moving. That is really helpful. Substances. Stop caffeine at lunchtime. Mm-hmm. A lot of people don't realize that you know caffeine can be either in the form of coffee, energy drinks, soda. I think the the way we are sensitive to caffeine varies from right. person to person. When I'm doing a check on sleep, if someone says they're having sleep, then I always ask what they're eating, what they're drinking, uh, because I want to know what they're taking into their body. I like my coffee, but I never have it past 10 ever right. in the morning. And so you have to really regulate what you're taking into your body. At the end, we'll get to alcohol and cannabis because that is can be a pretty big problem for people. What I hear for people at night is they worry. And so they're spinning, mm-hmm. their mind is spinning, yeah. things to do. And this is something that I have been suggesting to people for a long time. Is before you go to bed, just write down a list of these are all the things I want to tackle or you know work on tomorrow. So that it's actually taking it from your head, mm-hmm. <laughs> it's spinning, and putting it out onto paper. And essentially what, you know, the message is, I do not have to worry about this because there it is on the paper. And when I wake up, I'll remember it. Yeah. Because I think part of what our mind is trying to do is help us not forget what we Mm -hmm. want to do in the next uh, day. And so a to-do list or here's what I'm going to think about.
0: So also, I want to say that even if it's something that maybe you don't need to do, but something that's just stressing you out, if there's a problem, That's just that maybe you have no control over it or, Mm -hmm. you know, maybe it's just something that's going on in your life and you're stressed about it, write it out anyways, because that can be really powerful in releasing that emotion and just helping your mind process. So writing out your worries and your stresses at night before you go to bed can be incredibly powerful.
1: I think there's something really helpful about putting it down in front of you. Yeah. You can actually see it. Mm -hmm. So doing something relaxing before bedtime now, sometimes Lindy and I will watch a movie, We watched this movie the other night. I can't remember. I think it's like the wag of the dog, not the wag of the dog, something about the dog. And it was really dark.
2: Oh, and, yeah.
1: And I, and about halfway through, I said, I don't, you know, I don't like this. I don't like dark movies anyway. Mm-hmm. And so I got up and left because I just wasn't having it. She stayed for the whole end and it kept her up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it yep. kept the whole night. So I think you have to really be careful about what you watch or read at the end of the day. Be mindful of it. And if it's something you think, oh, this might disrupt my sleep, stop doing it. So Or, it, or
0: end with something happy. End you with know. something
1: more positive.
0: Yeah, go. Fun, yeah, even go- telling yeah, go watch the the videos of the funny animals before you, yes, yeah. <laughs> after after something, something like dark that. and heavy. Yeah,
1: um, you know, so like reading, knitting, coloring, journaling, jigsaw puzzle, all of those things mm-hmm. are kind of low key yep. and they help you calm down. Eating, I think eating at least three hours before you go to bed is important. So that, because often if you eat too close yes. to when you go to bed, it can give you heartburn or restless sleep. Now, this is what I hear a lot, that people use alcohol and or cannabis to help Mm -hmm. them fall asleep, and they believe that it helps them sleep through the night. And that is not true. The -hmm. research is really clear on this, that the alcohol, while it may help you fall asleep and the cannabis may help you fall asleep, it actually disrupts your sleep and you're Mm -hmm. waking up fairly frequently during the night. But what happens, the alcohol and the cannabis prevent you from remembering that. So you don't mm. remember that you've woken up these tiny little times. Interesting. But you, your sleep is then disrupted. And so the alcohol and the cannabis, they work on your physiology in slightly different ways. But neither one of them is going to help you get a good night's sleep.
2: Mm-hmm. And
1: so if you like to drink or have a drink at night, you've got to do it early on.
2: Yeah. And
1: certainly having an edible with cannabis or, or smoking... Uh, cannabis is not going to help you have a good night's sleep, even mm-hmm. though you think it does. The research is very clear on that.
0: So do you know about CBD? Because I've heard also, that...
1: CBD is the non-psychoactive right. component of cannabis and THC is the psychoactive component. And I use CBD lotion every night
0: okay. for my
1: arthritis Okay. because uh, I have... I'm getting arthritis in my thumbs, which kind of keeps me awake. And so there is some good evidence that CBD does help.
0: Okay. But, so you which... know, what,
1: what you're doing is you're pulling out, though, the THC is a psychoactive ingredient, and that's not there. Yeah. And so it's a very different product.
0: Which is very important to distinguish. Yeah. There yeah. are, I've heard of oral CBD Drops, supplements. Yeah, you can yeah. get CB,
1: uh, CBD in oil, and yeah. you just put it sublingually and so a lot of people find that very helpful.
0: Yeah, but the important part is it does not have the... It doesn't DHC. have the psychoactive
1: components. Yes, that's,
0: that's yeah. very important.
1: Yeah. Uh, taking a warm bath, because we know that if you raise your temperature... I See, this says take a warm... I would say take a hot bath or take mm-hmm. a hot shower, because if you raise your temperature up and then you get out and you go to bed, what happens is your core temperature is going to drop. Mm-hmm. And that in and of itself is a signal that says go to sleep. Hmm. So, you know, doing that is really helpful. We've talked about electronic devices, Mm -hmm. although, you know, the information you gave about changing the blue light filter, I think is really interesting and could be helpful. Gentle yoga stretches, stretching Mm -hmm. before bed, gently again, this is not your big workout routine, Mm -hmm. but this is just gentle stretching is really helpful, I think.
0: and that wouldn't have to even be yoga. It could just no. It could just know. be
1: standing. You know, I, I sometimes stand in the closet and I do stretches for my quads and things like that. So
0: yeah, just um, stretches that kind of feel yeah. good. Yeah, you know,
1: it does feel good. And then the other thing that I've I've actually gotten. We don't have any clocks in our bedroom.
0: Okay, interesting. And
1: the suggestion that I found on the internet is turn the clock away so that okay. you don't wake up and look at it. Because part of the problem is we really want to look at it and say, okay, mm-hmm. where am I now? Is it only three in the morning? So that starts this whole psychological cycle of, oh, I'm not getting enough sleep or I'm this or I'm that. Mm-hmm. And so you start thinking about it. And I think most people think it's help, more helpful if you do not look at the clock. Yeah. So I read this years ago and we got rid of our clocks. We used to have a clock on each side of the bed. And now we don't. Yeah. And and we're, it's fine. I mean, my my clock is just in the bathroom, which is, you know, just off the bedroom. And so if I ever needed an alarm, it would go off and I'd hear it. But well uh,
0: and and it's also that light too. Like, well, yeah. I guess depending on the clock, because I mean some of you them know, have
1: red lights, which but still yeah. I think it's more the psychological impact yeah. of looking at it and thinking, you mm. oh, know, shoot, it's like two thirty in the morning and Oh, noticed. man.
0: See, if I wake up and it's 2.30 in the morning, I'm like, sweet. I can go. <laughs> I can, I, I have more time to sleep. You have sleep.
1: four more hours. You have five more hours to go. Yeah,
0: like I still got all this time. Whereas when I get woke up like after 4.30 and I'm like, oh, man, it makes me so mad because I was like, I'm like, oh, you know, it's or after like five o'clock. I'm like, what's the point in going back to sleep now? I mean, it's going to be so much harder to get up, but. One thing I know we've talked about outside of this podcast is not having a TV in your room. Yeah, I, think that is a
1: huge, I think that's a huge mistake. Yeah, but people. I
0: mean, what's a cell phone? <laughs> a cell phone might <laughs> as well be a TV. So uh,
1: more, And a tablet, you're right, yeah. you're right. But you know, the suggestion is at least turn it off an hour before. Yeah. Anyway, I think the takeaway for listeners would be if you're having sleep issues, work on it. Yes. You know, there are things you can do to change it and re-regulate your sleep, it is worth making the efforts to oh, find yeah. something that works. That's yeah. the takeaway.
0: Yeah, and I think one of the most helpful things is consistency, going to bed yes. and waking up, which is where I struggle because on the weekends, I want to stay up late. <laughs> I don't have to be up early in the morning and I don't have to be getting kids ready for school. Yeah. That's where I struggle. And I don't know, I'll probably eventually I'll outgrow that when my well, a kids are older. Well, lot of people
1: struggle with that. I mean, that, that's pretty common. And I think even when you get to be my age, although I go to bed at 10 every night if I yeah. can. It's rare that I don't.
0: So before we wrap up, one thing that we didn't get into yet is sleep association that I think can be really helpful. So sleep association, one of the things that I've heard about sleep hygiene is don't do things like read or play games okay. in your bed. So sleep association, your bed is just for sleeping. Don't Or
1: sex. I mean, that's exactly, second, yes, yeah, yes. and you sleep and that's it. And so if you're doing something else, I would, I agree with you, I would do it somewhere else.
0: Yeah, <clears throat> yep, absolutely. I mean, can we end it any better than that? So. No,
1: I, I think it's a hard thing to do, though, because a lot yes. of people can go, oh, I'm going to relax and I'll read. But mm-hmm. I think that you're right. You know, you associate the bed with sleep. And I, I think if you were talking to any sleep doctors, that is exactly what they would say to you.
0: Yeah. Yep. Yep. Sleep association. It's yeah. it's a thing from a very, very young age, like four oh, yeah. months old. Yeah.
1: No, <laughs> what... I, I think that's true.
0: Yeah. I agree. Yeah. Good way no. to
1: end it. So, do, so listeners, do something about it if you have disrupted sleep.
0: Yes. Okay. So next week, we're going to get into conflict resolution. So just in time for Valentine's Day, I think uh, both of our favorite topics is relationships. And what better time to talk about it, then, you know, just a few days.